Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Worth That Sound Out Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shivanoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. It is Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week, to put it lightly. Uh, we got UFC San Diego to go over. UFC 278 to preview. It is fight week uh, down in Utah. Also, USIC and AJ2 going to be going down also on Saturday. MVP my MVP. Michael Van Page also fighting Mike Perry and BKC and a shit ton of news. Before we get into all of that, as always, we are brought to you by Rogue Energy. If you want 10% off your order at RogueEnergy.com, use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. This code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. I had a really busy weekend. Really, really busy. I was going to the gym. You know, I went to the gym every single day. Uh, it's my girlfriend's birthday, so we went to a casino. We had a, we had a nice time, you know. But I was I'm running everywhere. But guess what I had with me? It was all good, Angel. I had my Rogue Energy Shaker bottle. I it got me through the weekend, and now you know it's getting me through the day right now. And if you guys want to get through your day with ease, get lots of energy, get lots of uh, you know good nutrients. Rogue Energy code sound off for ten percent off. Support us, support yourself, support your immune system. RogueEnergy.com. Last Saturday night. From the Pachanga Arena in San Diego, California. It was a home game for Dominic Cruz. And through four rounds, it looked like the Dominator was in his prime. He may be 36 with artificial knees, but he was looking like the baddest 135 pounder on the planet. But it did not last. Uh, Marlon Chito Vera catches him with a head kick two minutes into round four. It put him out cold. And with that, I mean, Sudo had a controversial stoppage. This is really the first time that we've seen Dominic Cruz put out cold. Um, just unfortunately, it looked so good before that. But, Angel, this is kind of the big win that Marlon Chito Vera has been looking for. And uh, he, he got it, man. What do you think about his performance? I mean, it was good, man. We were talking a little bit about it beforehand here. But I was talking about his pace, man. It's, it's weird. It's, it's, not, it's not trying to be slow. He's not being slow. He's not extremely quick either. He's not always... Like, if he has the opportunity, he's extremely chasing the finishes. He doesn't want to try to get caught. And he talked about that in the post-fight interview. But, uh, not post-fight interview, but the, uh, when he talked to the press and all that afterwards. Yeah. I mean, it was a beautiful finish, man. I mean, they, he talked about it afterwards, how he had gotten a picture sent from his coach. It was, uh, of, uh, in the, in the Munoz fight. Just a picture, just a still. They didn't say anything to him, and he understood what he meant. And then, obviously, it's a big thing, man. Those guys who move a lot, uh, and especially the way, uh, he did it, who move in that kind of motion, he dips his head out and he, he threw that kick, man, and it landed and it, it fucking obliterated Dom's nose, man. He, it, I saw it instantly in the moment. I was, I was like, oh, fuck his nose. It was one of the first things yeah. I noticed. Uh, he's gonna have to get that fixed. Uh, that's really shitty. Uh, but yeah, man, it, it was a heck of a performance. Good. He, like I said, he has an interesting pace throughout the fight that, Kind of builds up and then eventually gets it. A lot of people are talking about how it's not going to last, it's, you know, that it's going to come bite him in the ass. But when it's working, man, and I think I heard someone say this, man, the, the big thing about this fight that really uh, was against Dom was that it was it was it was five rounds instead of three. That in three rounds Dom could have got got it done. 
which and watching the fight that makes a lot of sense. I think he go he could have too. He could have got the decision win. Uh, but you see, Josh, you can see his age is starting to show. I mean, he mm-hmm. was throwing everything because he knew he had to do that. But at the, at the same time, we're doing that, him throwing everything with power and and, 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 yeah. and fury. He ended up getting a little tired and slowing down. And, and look, in those initial rounds, dude, he looked quick. He he might have he was probably quicker than Cheeto. And that surprised me because I thought, and, and even then, it's it's crazy to think Dom was fast, but he wasn't. He still wasn't as fast as he used to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show how quick of a guy he was. But I mean, he ended up being the the quicker fighter that night. But as he went on, he did. Uh, de- what is the word? Deteriorated and uh, and slowed down a bit. And uh, and obviously, Cheeto had obviously seen that that kick was available and not even and i'm sure it wasn't even just a kick i'm sure he had another number of ways he thought about attacking it mm-hmm. and uh ended up getting the, the sick finish yeah for sure and i think i think you uh really hit on a good point about the fact that like if this is three rounds it'd be much more dom's favor and the reality is, is like as far as five rounds go against like Cheeto Vera, there's not too many guys i i picked to actually beat him He's one of those guys that just comes on, I don't want to say slowly, but just like he has a very unique pace and a very unique rhythm. And But he gets so much better as the fight progresses. But even then, man, like Tom Cruise, man, 36, uh, with all that he's had to deal with, looking as good as he did, like, it's just a shame that, like, he, he had age, you know what I mean? Because, like, he still looked fast, man. He still looked good. He had crisp hands. He looked like he was, like, actually landing like i feel like his last few fights he's like he normally back in his prime he's such pepper guys and he didn't really lay anything down hard but like he's throwing some hard shots and even in this one he landed some big shots but like look man um just couldn't couldn't keep up that pace because i think even part way through round two i started to something like oh dom's dom's kind of slowing down a little bit you know but um you know it happens it's uh I mean, the the reality is, if this is kind of what the sport is, the uh, the old kind of get fed to the young and cheat over it, dude. Like he is in his prime right now. And as far as what, as far as where he goes, what do you think is next for him? I know some people were calling for a title shot. I know that he's not going to really complain. Whatever happens, he's just one of those guys who just comes to fight. He doesn't really give a fuck what happens. But what do you think should be next for him? I don't know, man. It's hard to say with how the division's kind of going, right? Because obviously you have Raw versus uh, Aldo going down here real soon. And TJ versus Aljamain, which I think that has to play out first, kind of to figure things out. Because if Aljamain wins, Marab wins, Marab and uh, Aljamain are trading partners. And obviously I think they would fight if the, if the title was on the line or maybe they try to delay it or whatever. So that's a big thing. And then... I think if Aljamain loses, maybe they do a rematch against TJ if TJ wins for some reason. I don't know. You know what I mean? There's there's a number of different directions it could go. Uh, I think Cheeto's just going to fight one of these guys who, like a, a San Hagen, Song Dong type, whatever that mm-hmm. fight goes down, or Aldo or Marab, one of those guys is going to take on. Or he might just go straight to the title. He might get the loser of that or whatever it may be. I think either way, though, he he's not going to be in a bad position, and he's like a fight away from the title, if anything, at worst. Yeah, I agree. And I think, honestly, where he goes, it, it really depends on what happens in the title fight. Um, I was about to say next month, two months from now. Um, not even just in that title fight, really what happens on that card. I think if uh, Aljamain and Piotr both win, I think we could even see Cheeto slide into that spot and get a title shot. 
I think if TJ and Piotr wins, then we'll have that fight. I think if TJ and Sean O'Malley win, we'll get that fight. I think the only way that Cheeto gets a title shot, which I would not mind, is if, um, you know, both Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling win. Um, but even then, I think the most realistic fight for him, because I don't think the UC views him as highly as we do in regard to title talks, I think the most likely thing next for him is probably fight the winner of Song Dong versus uh, Corey Sanhagen. That's what, if I had to bet, that's that's what's going to happen next for him. But, um, yeah, man, solid performance by him, and just an overall great knockout. I mean, you never see anybody do that to Dominic Cruz. Just never seen that happen. Like, yeah, Cejudo, like, finished him with strikes, but it was very controversial. He put Dom out bad, man. So, I mean, it... It is what it is. Um, is a co-main event though? Damn, dude, we were wrong about how this fight was going to go, but we were right about it being a banger. Uh, Nate Landwehr defeating David Onama, uh, majority decision 28-28, 29-27, 29-27. This one was a banger. And, uh, Nate Landwehr, dude, like the pace that he puts, puts on guys is in fucking sane. Um, David Onama, like, in round two, looked like he was tired. I'm like, dude, there's no way he's going to make it to the scorecards. And look, dude, I, he may have lost the fight, but in a weird roundabout way, dude, I really do think that he showed a lot of potential and showed why he can be a great fighter. Like, I remember, like... In that last round, man. Yeah, he, I mean, he after... Going for it. Yeah, he was, despite the fact that he was so tired, despite the fact that he'd taken a lot of damage. I remember him being in the corner and, his, and like, his coach, like, really telling him, like, you gotta focus, you gotta calm down. And, like, he went out there and fought strategically. He fought well in that third round, dude. Like, that was an insane fight. But as far as uh, Nate Landwehr getting the win, what'd you think? I mean, sick man, fun for him. I mean, I think it was more, and I'm, and it's not to take away from Lambert's performances, it was good. I mean, it was, it was established, but I mean, Onama took this fight, I mean, uh, a month, you know, on a, on a month, you know, it had been one month since he had fought, you know? Mm-hmm. I think, it, you know, he's been extremely active, but it, I think it finally caught up to him a little bit, you know what I mean? No full training camp, no, it doesn't get to get his conditioning down, and, and and have a I don't know how his weight cut is you know whatever it may be, but it seems like it, it finally cut up to him and he's he's gonna have to take some time and and I get it man he wanted to be active he was having good performances he was get he got two finishes he thought he could get back in there quick and get one over Nate Landwehr shit we thought he could get one over Nate Landwehr mm-hmm. but uh, it ain't going that way but for Nate Landwehr dude I mean is he gonna be chasing titles I don't know man you know what I mean he's a really fun guy. He can put up really good performance. I mean, he beat Luvar Klein, that kind of threw me off. But Luvar Klein has uh, kind of, he's for me, ever since uh, his initial uh, showing, he, he he lost in a row. It looked kind of rough, but then he's picked up two. So, and it, it has been over some pretty good guys. So I don't I don't know what's going on there. I mean, I guess he's kind of maybe turned it around. So. I mean, looking at that, you know, we don't want to do any MMA math. I, I don't know, dude. Nate Landwehr is a good guy, but I, I don't know if he's going to be champ or anything anytime soon. He's 34 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, anything's possible, right? A shit, Glover's champ, right? So yeah. you could never say never. Yeah, I mean, the way, uh, the way I'll put it is I don't, I don't think Nate Landwehr will ever be champion. But the reality is that the pace that he puts on guys and how, like, he's not the most technically proficient, but he hits hard, puts a great amount of pressure on guys. He's very good. I think he's a tough challenge for any prospect down to 145. So we'll see what happens with him. Um, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, there were a lot of solid performances, a lot of solid wins. But what fights do you most want to talk about from this one? You know, I'm, I'm gonna skip early on into into the into the card, man. Uh, Tyson on, man, getting getting the finish over Ode Osborne, man. He he was getting touched a little bit there by Ode, man. 
Uh, it wasn't looking bad, but it was definitely not looking good either. Uh, but it, it, it seemed like, oh shit, uh, this is not gonna go the way that Tyson Don wants to go. But he got the finish, man. Big, big counter right hook coming over, dude. And he puts Ode down bad. Uh, yeah. And I, I sent this to you on Twitter, Josh. Uh, apparently they're not gonna allow Tyson Nam to fight at 125 again unless he, uh, <laughs> Uh, fixes his if, unless he uh diets down more. Yeah, in 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 well, at least in California. At least in California, yeah. Which doesn't really matter because they really don't go to California that often for it to matter. Um. Yeah, man. As far as that performance goes, man, Tyson and I said I said back I was like they better not try and force that boy. Yeah, Tyson Nam is literally one of the only, like the only guys at flyweight that consistently ices motherfuckers. Like just he is like dude of his UFC wins, it's like. They're all by knockout, actually. I was about to say, all well, like they're all by knockout. Like Tyson Nam's just that guy, and a lot of people don't like remember Tyson Nam. Maybe like the fact that he's as well as he is, as, as good as he is. He's 38 at flyweight and has been fighting since the elite XE days. You guys got to put some respect on Tyson Nam's name, dude. Like he is, he's a beast, dude. He really is. He's he's a he's fucking great. Doesn't look um, 38 either, though. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He, he like he's he's really really good. I'm like I'm I'm happy for him, man. Um, and Ode Osborne's a bad man too. So for him to be put out like that, I mean, is that the? I mean, he got finished in the UC prior by Manel K, but outside of that, that's the only time he's been knocked out. And Tyson Nam put him out bad. So yeah, man, Tyson Nam, big fan of that guy. For him to be as old as he is, and for him to be like taking all the damage he's been fighting for so long, man. For him to be kind of like peaking, he's honestly pretty sweet to see. Like that's an awesome knockout and a huge win. Uh, I am, I don't expect him to have to move up to bantamweight though. Although he has experimented with it, experimented with it in the UFC. So um, he has we'll a frame for it. Yeah, he definitely has a frame for it. I would not be worried, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, I mean, we saw Nina just because it was on the undercard as well. We'll go ahead and hit that one. Nina Nunes defeating Cynthia Calvillo by split decision. Um, and surprisingly decided to hang up the gloves. Uh, she said that she wanted to go out with a win, uh, and also that, you know, she wanted to have another another child, and she's 36, and she got a big win after taking a long time off, after having her kid. And, I mean, look, dude, Nina Nunes, she came into the sea with, like, no momentum. She lost her first two fights. It looked like she's probably going to get cut soon. And then she rattled off that big wing streak, uh, nearly fought for the title. She would have fought for the title if she beat Tatiana Suarez. Uh, she still gave Suarez her toughest uh, fight of her career. Um, as far as Nina Nunes go, uh, what do you think about her career and just kind of her making making the decision to hang it up? You know, I, I heard someone talk about this very well. A lot of, uh, for women fighters, man, they they make a big sacrifice. They put their life on pause. You know what I mean? They, you know, they 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 can't you know really have a kid during that time. And if they do, they have to take a significant time off and. They they just kind of put everything in, in, at a standstill until they decide to go. You know, I mean, you see one of the main reasons these these women retire is because they want to start families, man. I mean, you saw it with Joanna, she was kind of like, I kind of want to I want to have a a family someday. You know, I want to do you know these things and uh, and uh, just you know I want to live live my life. You know, because mm-hmm. like you know, like I said, they they put their life on pause. And, and Verdina, she had her first kid, you know, with her partner uh, Amanda, the champ, and she was like, hey. I think she might have looked at it and been like, I, I like this, you know, I like life. And, 
I kind of want to, you know, take some time off, and I'm sure she's going to do some go some coaching. I mean, we saw her on Tough, and she did a lot of coaching on Tough, and she seemed to give a lot of good information. So I think that would be a good thing for her because at least that way she doesn't get away from the game and can still do. Cause she, I mean, clearly, I mean, she if she was a professional, right? She she likes fighting, she likes to fight, and then obviously she did some of the coaching stuff on Tough, so she still wants to be involved in this somehow, some ways. So I mean, it's definitely not the end of her being involved in MMA. I hope, but. Mm. Obviously, as for her competing, it's done, and it, it, it's it's been a fun career, man. I mean, and, and I'm sure she she's gonna look back at it and be happy and satisfied with what she's done because obviously if she's made this this is just, she has no regrets mm, for sure. And uh, on on the other side of things, Cynthia Calvillo, that was I believe her fourth loss in a row. I'd be very interested to see where she goes from here. I mean, at one point she got down to flyweight and she beat Jessica and she was at a top five. I was like, oh shit, she's going to get the title shots in. Since then, she lost to Shukagi she got knocked up by Andrade, got knocked up by Andrea Lee and then lost a split here. I mean, she's had some rough, rough times, man. Those are some hard fights though too, man. They are. And I mean, ever since, she, I mean, especially that, uh, that Andrade one where she just got annihilated, man. Like that was, she's not looked the same since that one specifically, but, um, yeah, we'll see what happens to her in the future. Um, as far as the rest of the card, man, I mean, Joe Mearshart got a huge win over Bruno Silva. I mean, did you watch that fight, dude? Like, that shit was insane. I wish I would have, dude. I, I I missed it. I went, I left to go get food real quick. Oh, yeah, man. Bruno Silva went out there and put on a banger. Joe Mearshart, dude, like, ever since he lost to Hamza, like, I understand he lost the fight before Steve Jocko, but four of his last five since he lost to Hamza, and, like, all those wins were by finish. Like, he is a bad man. Um, and I was watching, like, he had to come from behind to win this one, too. Like, just a solid win for him, dude. Um, also on the main card, Priscilla Cachoeira defeating Ariana Litsky via first-round knockout. I'm going to go insane. This is probably my, this is my hottest MMA take. I'm actually a really big Priscilla Cachoeira fan. <laughs> I, I gotta be honest. Like, I know a lot of people hate her because I know that she, um, well, she's actually had a, sh- a couple of things. Uh, she, she poked... Jillian Robertson in the eye. Um, she's had a couple. I know that she's missed weight before pretty badly. Uh, but, dude, she comes to bang. And uh, I know that she also got suspended by USADA in the past. She comes to bang. She's the only women's MMA fighter that consistently scores knockouts in the UFC. So I really don't care that she misses weight and, like, had one eye poke situation. Like, of her UFC wins, like, three of the four by brutal knockouts. So... Uh, all good with me. So I'm probably the only Priscilla Cashware fan there is. But uh, if, if I missed any other fights, man, which ones would you love to talk about if I did miss any? Uh, fucking, let me hear this. This Russian guy, Osmot Mirzakhanov, dude, versus Devin Clark. That was a tough one, man, for Devin Clark, man. He's had a tough run here, man. I, I got a feel for Devin Clark, dude. He seems like a good dude, but fuck, man. I mean, he got one over William Knight last time out, which... For me, I kind of, I feel like I, I expected. I mean, William Knight's one of those guys who he fights at, at light heavy, but I'm like, dude, it's not gonna last very long, in my opinion. He's getting win, he's gotten wins, but I'm just like, for the smart guys and the good guys at the top, I don't think they're ever gonna lose to you, you know? Yeah. But uh, th- this Russian guy, dude, he's he's wonder, he's he's fucking good, dude. He's he's he got that southpaw stance. It's 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 uh it's scary. Uh, took him a little while to get it done, but he got it done against Devin Clark. But fuck, dude, Devin Clark did get really fucked up there at the end. He did, and that's uh three of four for Devin Clark to be lost, which is unfortunate because 
I mean, he had a, he had like a, a solid win streak back in like 2019, 2020. You know, he was looking good. But uh, I mean, look, dude, he's he's fought some killers though. Let's be honest. I mean, that Anthony Smith fight, it's Anthony Smith for God's sakes. Ian uh, Lava, who's another monster, and in that one, like I don't know if you guys remember, Devin Clark's like teeth, like they got really fucked up, dude. Like it was it was really bad. Uh, and then he beat William Knight, who's you know we talked about that one. And then this new kid is a monster. So I mean, I'm I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, but yeah, man, just 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 an unfortunate streak for him, just an unfortunate run. But uh, yeah, man, this card was a pretty solid one, man, top to bottom. And obviously, like I said, in terms of like name value for like a card that was like a fight night with a crowd, it's probably the worst one they've had in a long time. But that doesn't really mean a whole lot concerning a lot of the fights delivered, and it was a solid card, man. Um, yeah, man, pretty good card, pretty good card. But I will say, Andrew, this weekend's card. UFC 278. It's going a pay-per-view, down. man. Yeah, exactly. Going down from the Vivint Arena at Salt Lake City, Utah. This one is better for sure. And, uh, yeah, man, it, it, especially the headliner. There, there are a few fights that are better than this headliner. Kamaru Usman taking on Leon Edwards for the UFC's welterweight title. Um, this is a rematch of a fight these guys had back in December 2015 on UFC on Fox 17, I think. Yeah. Correct, which was uh, Hotfield Lasagna versus, versus Cowboy Cerrone. Since then, uh, well, I mean, Kamaru has not lost, and neither is Leon. Uh, I believe they're both riding, I don't know what, like, they both won 10 plus fights since this time. Nine, nine for Leon. Nine, excuse me. Um, yeah, man, just absolute savages. In terms of, like, winning streaks, I believe it's one of the longest combined winning streaks in the UFC, like, for considering, like, the fights they've won. Like, these guys are just not... They're just born winners. It'd be 30, just so you know. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, man, and they're going to main event it, main event the pay-per-view this Saturday night. Very, very excited for this one, man. I know that Kamari Usman is a big favorite. He's talking about going up to 205 pounds. He's talking about boxing Canelo. Look, man, do you think he gets... I'm just going to go straight to the point. you think he gets the job done on Saturday? No, he's a huge favorite. Leon Edwards has always been that guy that... Is very slept on at 170. Doesn't get a whole lot of media attention. Doesn't get a whole lot of time. This is his moment to shine, though. Do you think he could get it done? I mean, he has a tough out, man. Obviously, we've seen Kamaru just evolve and get better. His hands are improving. He's still training with Trevor Whitman. I saw him on the uh, was it the Embedded's that he was out there working on some conditioning stuff. And uh, I mean, we see it, man. That the, the power is in the hands. He's his strike has gotten better. Obviously, he's not going to rely on it. Obviously. He's, his wrestlers could be his red brother, and that's where he's going to find his success right at the end of the day. I think he's a smart guy and realizes that. For Leon, man, he has a tough out. You know, we we got to see, can he avoid the takedowns, not get controlled? Can he get his hands going? Can he can he uh, get some power behind his shots and, and get some uh, damage going? And, and, and in five rounds, you know, can he can he push uh, Kamaru to, to limits he hasn't been pushed before, you know? I mean, we saw last time out, too, late in that Diaz fight, he got tagged, you know? That mm-hmm. got a little, a little bit scary, but there was a decent little layoff in between, you know. So who knows what could have happened. On top of that, uh, Leon doesn't look super big to me, man. It doesn't look like he cuts like a lot of weight. Kamaru obviously very big, cuts a lot of weight, pretty good conditioning, can go to distance. We've seen it. I mean, there's there's just a lot of stack against Leon Edwards, man. He's fighting against the a lot in the eyes of many, the pound for pound guy. If not, at least the second pound for pound guy in the all of the UFC, regardless of weight class. Uh, 
I might have to pick up our Uzma, Josh. I, I don't know if Leon Edwards is going to get it done. He's going to have to deal with a lot of adversity. There's a lot of, he's going to have to answer a lot of questions in those early rounds. You know, can he get his, can he get his hands rolling? Can he, can he put some power behind those shots and can he avoid the takedown and, and also not be controlled against defense? Mm-hmm. Correct. I mean, he has a lot to deal with, man. Um, Leon Edwards, like you mentioned, he did get tagged late in his last fight, which is a win over Nate Diaz, which happened, uh, June 2021. Um, outside of that, he hasn't really been tested. I mean, his win streak's been very, very solid. Um, look, man, I, I cannot explain it. And this is by far the dumbest thing I'm going to I've said a lot of dumb shit on this show. But I got to say, man, I'm rocking purely with vibes for this fight. I can't explain it. I cannot explain it. But I've had a weird feeling ever since this fight got announced. I'm like, I think Leon Edwards is going to do the damn thing, dude. I really do. I think that he's, I think it's his time. I think he's been slept on for his entire win streak. He's been, he has been a punchline for a lot of jokes. Like, ever since, you know, the Masvidal scuffle and even, like, going into this fight, like, everyone's just like, oh, yeah, this is just another fight for Kamaro just so, you know, he can keep fighting and wait for Hamzat. Like, this is literally what this fight is. Like, Leon Edwards is getting this fight because UFC did not think Hamzat was ready. That's literally the only reason. <laughs> That's the only reason. Um, and I just think, like, he, he's got a lot going against him. And I think I think part of the reason why I'm picking Leon Edwards to win this is because I'm just assuming what Kamara's going to do. If Kamara goes out there and tries to wrestle him, he could flip the script, but I think that Leon has very, very good counter-wrestling, and good enough to stay on the feet anyways. And I think on the feet, he's just a better striker than Kamara Usman. I understand that Kamara has a heavy right hand, but I think, you know, Leon can circle away from that. Um, I think he has more tools to win with, and I think he's willing to make us a really, really boring fight to get what he wants. I think he's willing to go out there and put on the most technical really, really boring kickboxing match to walk away with the title, and I think he does. I think he upsets Kamar Usman. I think he turns the world on his head. Um, I, again, I can't explain why. It's just, it's just how I feel, man. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I think when all is said is done, Leon Rocky Edwards will be walking away UFC welterweight champion on Saturday night. But this is a really good card, man. Uh, as far as, like, the main card goes, man, very, very, very solid. It's only only one title fight, which... Kind of feels rare nowadays, but, you know, the undercard as a whole is very solid. So we're going to move down to the co-made event. Paulo Costa. It's a little bit of a weird matchup, man. Paulo Costa taking on Luke Rockhold. Paulo ranked at number six. Obviously, he's lost back-to-back fights. He got annihilated by Izzy back in September 2020. And then that Vittori fight where he missed weight by, what, 20 pounds? You know? And, um... Ended up losing via unanimous decision, and that was last October. We've not seen Luke Rockhold fight in over three years, and um, that was back in July 2019, a knockout loss to Jan Wachowicz before we knew how good that Polish power really was. Um, even prior to that, he lost the knockout to Romero. His last win came in September 2017 to David Branch. So it's been a minute since we've seen Luke Rockhold, and there's been a minute since we've seen him won. But he wanted this matchup. He wanted this matchup really, really bad. Which makes me think that Luke sees something in Paulo's game that we don't. Uh, do you think that he sees something there? Do you think he's gonna be able to get the done on, get it, the job done on Saturday? I mean, look, and this is obviously in every fight, man. Questions, right? Questions, answers need to be made for Paulo, man. You know, was there something going on there? Was the mental off? Was he not focused? Why wasn't he making weight? Yada yada yada. Was he actually drunk on one the night before the Izzy fight? We'll never know, <laughs> right? But. 
He seems motivated, man. He got, you know, apparently he got his diet cut down. He's been focused. He's, he's been fucking around a lot on Twitter, but it seems like he's ready to come in to fight. You know, he's, he's back, baby, you know? Yeah. For Luke, same thing, man. I think for him at the time, he was trying to come back, but he was trying to find a bigger weight class and it was, it just wasn't the right time. I don't think he was fully mentally there. He was dealing with a lot of shit, you know, he, you know, he was, uh, he he kind of had like the like we talked about this privately, man. Like a few weeks back, you and me were like, dude, he just had a he was living a very interesting life, and you know, he was dating a celebrity. He was uh he's, he was really good, good. He was a good looking guy, good at fighting. You know, obviously did the shit for Calvin Klein, and uh fighting kind of for a bit there kind of seemed like the second thing. You know, he was playing second fiddle, and it wasn't like the main thing. But now, man, you got a thirty seven year old, mature, you know, Luke Rockhold who. See something, man, and he's been putting in that work, man. He's been in the gym. He's been, he was there during the Cheeto fight. You know, they've been working to get, you know, he, they were working a lot together leading up to their fights. Obviously, not a lot because obviously different weight classes, but you know, supporting each other and being there for each other. And, uh, he's been at AKA putting in work. I know there was some footage of him uh, wrestling with Habib, you know, trying to work on some technique. So he's back. He's focused, you know, the thing is though, how much is there left in the tank? What can he do? And what did he see? And he must have seen something to want this match. I mean, obviously it's Luke Rockhold. I'm sure he, he has a lot of, uh, leeway and kind of what he wants to do, right? To an extent in the UFC. And, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Do, do, do you know if Dana likes Luke Rockhold? I don't think, I definitely don't think they dislike him. You know, they definitely appreciate being back. And I think he's very remarkable for them. Mm-hmm. And obviously this is a great fight. It's a co-main event. Uh, it, it feels really weird though, cause it feels like the fight below should be the co-main. But hey, man, we can't complain cause I mean, this could be a fucking banger. In and of itself, you know something, Josh. I'm gonna go crazy. I've been, you know, I've been going crazy with these picks this year. I'm gonna, and, um, I'm gonna go. I, I got a weird feeling, Josh. I'm gonna pick Luke Rockhold. Oh shit! You're making the upset pick, Angel. Yep. Angel. Guess what? I'm also ah uh, the upset pick. Oh shit! Yeah, oh I, shit! I think, I think it's gonna be a night for the dogs this Saturday. All right. Bet I the house. Bet <laughs> the house. Do a do a, do a parlay. A fucking Leon Edwards and Luke Rockhold. We might have to look up how much that is later. Just you know, yeah. I think the jokes aside, I mean, as far as this fight goes, man, I, a lot of it just comes down to the fact that, like, I don't think Luke Rockhold would come back, spend all this time training, just to go ahead and lose. I don't think he picked like a matchup that, like, he knew. I mean, he probably looked at the top ten. He looked at those guys, and he's like, "All right, who can I beat that's the highest ranked? I know I can beat for sure." And possibly get a title shot off of, and he he settled on Paulo. There's a reason why, and I, I for all of Luke Rockhold's issues, he's never been a dumb fighter. He's never been one of those guys that's like just stupid with the way that they fight or the way that they conduct themselves. And actually, and especially listen to him talk about like UFC fighter pay and shit. Luke's not that dumb of a guy, you know. Like I know that he gives off that kind of dumb jock vibe. You know what I mean? Chad, yeah. Chad vibe. You know, he gives that gets off that vibe to a lot of people, but he's not a dumb guy. And I don't think he would have accepted this fight and called for this fight specifically. Like, remember, he called out Paulo for months before the fight even got made. So Actually, there was supposed to fight last year, right? Like late last year. He's, well, he was supposed to fight Sean Strickland late last year. That's what. It, I mean, ever since that fight got, ever since that fight got canceled, he's been calling for Paulo. So, um, yeah, man, I, I don't think he'd call for this fight if there's not like a reason and he did not feel confident about it. So I'm gonna go and take Lou Rockle. I, I don't know how because Paulo is a monster on the feet. Always walks forward. We haven't really seen his takedown defense, so maybe Luke's going to try and take the fight to the mat. That's what I'd, I'd much rather him do. 
But I don't hey, man, know. Paul's been tagged though. Uriah Hall, Yoel Romero, obviously Adesanya. He's been tagged by a lot of guys, and I think if Luke starts mixing in some kicks, we'll see what happens there. I could totally see him, you know, landing something big, but I, I don't know, man. This is a matchup where, like, it, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, Luke's 37. He should probably lose by knockout. But you know what? I'm going to ride I'm going to. You I'm never gonna, know. Yeah, I'm going to roll with Luke Rockhold for one final time, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to do it. Fuck it. Um, but, yeah, man, you talk about the fight below that. Should argue the co-main. I, I probably agree. Uh, Jose Aldo. Former featherweight champion, now looking for a title down at bantamweight. He's won three fights in a row. Rob Font, Pedro Munoz, Marlon Vera. That first win aged really well. Um, taking on Marab Valashili, who is obviously just on a monster tear right now, man. On this very long win streak, his most recent win came over Marlon Marais last September, beat him by TKO. I had to have a big comeback in that one. And, uh... Look, man, the winner here could get a title shot, but the issue is at 135, there's just so many guys who are in title contention. Um, but we'll see what happens. But as far as this fight goes, man, what do you think? I think it's a banger, dude. Marab's obviously a great Sambo player, obviously a strong ground wing, as we see, and he comes out of a good gym. Um, and uh, he's willing to get in a brawl, man. We saw that against him and Marlon Marais, obviously – but even then, man, there was that's a little questionable, right? Because he got tagged by Marlon Marais, and as we saw, man, Marlon Marais was uh, at the end of his career. You know, I mean, he he just he officially retired, if I remember right, not too long ago after the Song Dong fight. Yeah, correct. He hung it up, and he had gone and finished in all his fights. The only one he got away with was that Aldo split, which was questionable. You know, he should have been losing way back then as well. But I mean. Again, Josh, what Jose Aldo are we going to get? Are we going to get the guy throwing the kicks, man? Are we going to get that Jose Aldo who we saw in that uh, in that Pedro Munoz fight who put up a good performance? And it looked good against Rob Font, Josh. I mean, we, we saw it. He he did very well in that fight. Uh, I think it's just uh, – I think it's a matter of if, if, if we're still going get, to get that same Jose Aldo that we've been getting, you know, because I, I, I don't know. Josh, I have a weird feeling that at some point it's going to slow down, and he hasn't yet. You know, obviously mm-hmm. it's not the same guy from before. But he's not gone yet either. It's just that there's certain things he's not doing anymore than he did before. But uh, but man, he he put down Rob Font multiple times in that fight. I mean, that was a reasonable one because Rob Font was throwing in volume, but Jose Aldo was the one doing the damage. Yeah, you know. And I want to see are we are we going to see that again in this Marab fight? Is he going to be able to get that through? Is he going to get taken down? Is he going to get control? But he has a slick jiu-jitsu game, as we know too. He's slick on the mat. You know, are we going to see that there? Look, there's a lot of people who I think uh, are riding on Marab, dude. Like even even though, and I think all those, I think I believe all those would be a slight favorite, very slight of that. If that's close, uh, I can look at it here in a second. But uh, yeah, dude, I, I just have a, I have a feeling, man, all those gonna get it done again. Uh, I would keep riding with Jose Aldo, dude. I've been, I've been doing it time and time again, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let it go until I see it end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, this is one of the. I agree that I think at some point Jose Aldo is going to fall off, and it could happen in this one because for me, I think this fight is. It, it's probably the, the for me personally the closest coin flip on this card. Like Jose Aldo, he has phenomenal striking, even when it comes to takedowns, which Mob is very much a kind of kind of a grinder. Um, he tries to take the fight to the mat a lot, but even then, Jose Aldo has tremendous takedown defense, even at this old age. But Marab, dude, like. He puts such a pace on guys that like they just they just wilt, and he also has a chin made of God knows what, as we saw in his last fight. Um, 
Although, granted, I would say Jose Aldo probably hits harder than older Marlon Marais, who is, you know, one fight away from retirement. But still, for me, this is probably the biggest coin flip on the card, but I'm going to roll with Aldo, too. I think that um, down on 35, I think it took him a minute to kind of fine-tune his body and to get himself in that, that good place. But I think his last few wins, dude, he has looked so fucking good. Like, that Rob Font fight, dude, like you mentioned, he put him down multiple times. It should have been stopped, probably. And, like... <laughs> In that fifth round, we got real, like, when he landed, like, multiple, multiple knockdowns. Like, he's looking good right now, man. His gas tank's looking good. His body looks in great shape. I think he's going for one final title. He said he wants to win this fight, get a title shot, and win the title, and then dip. So. This is it, man. This is it. This is his last run after. If he loses this fight, it's very sad to say, but the title run is out of the picture. Correct. And, uh, but as far as this fight goes, I don't think he loses. Jose Aldo, via, fuck it. First round finish. I think he gets the crowd on their feet in Salt Lake. I think he's going to do it. But um, this is actually weird. A weird thing happened, Angel. So whenever I made this, <laughs> this made this list, uh, Marcin Tybora versus Alexander Romanov was on the main card. They just got moved in favor of Wu Yaonan and Lucy Padovlova. Is this right? Like, is this actually a fact? Correct. Is this on the UFC website? Like, what, what could we? I saw. We, I saw. It, I saw it got tweeted out recently by a well-respected guy. I can't think of who it is. My my apologies, but yeah, it's been confirmed. Is Lucy just like the shit? I know she's like a UFC <laughs> newcomer. Well, she's a UFC newcomer, but she's not because she was in the promotion for a while. She was there from like 2017 to 2020. But she got released and she fought her way back. Damn, that's a rub streak she went on too, dude. I read out on Liz Carmouche, Tina Shevchenko, Justine Kish. Yeah, now she's fighting Wu Yaonan, who is one and four in the UFC. She's riding a three-fight losing streak. Well, you can only imagine what's going to happen, Josh. I don't think we have to say much. So, who are you picking this fight? Picking in this fight that is for some reason uh, on the main Lucia, card now. In her return, for some reason, who's on the main card? Okay, Dana, You're taking Lucy. Yeah, yeah. Um. I didn't expect that. I mean, I'm looking at it on Tapologies. That's what I always do, just so you know. So that's yeah. why it threw me off. Yeah, I'm going to take Lucy Padovlova, too. I mean, I remember when I saw her in the UFC, I didn't think she was too bad. I think Wu Yaonan is not that bad either. Like, I know she's lost, like, four or yeah, five. Yeah, she's not bad but, either. But she's young, and she hasn't really figured out a whole lot yet. She's she's only 26. Um, I'm going to take Lucy Padovlova, but at the same time, it's like, this is this is such a weird fight to have on the main card. It's <laughs> just... just because I mean, he had, had like, Tyson Pedro on the main card too, but even then, it made sense with Romanov and Tybura on the main. Yeah, you know, I don't even have a problem with the Tyson Pedro placement, but like, you have a ranked heavyweight going against an undefeated ranked heavyweight monster who's like just a beast, and they put him on the prelims. I don't, and it, shit, who knows? Maybe it could change by the t- they change the shit all the time. It might even change by fight night, but um, yeah. As far as the main card opener, we got Tyson Pedro who. You know, he was this huge prospect back in 2016, 2017. Got him, he was really young. He was 4-0 when he got signed. Um, he's had some wins. He's had some big – he's had some losses too, though. He beat Paul Craig, Khalil Roundtree. He's also lost to Open St. Pru, Lear Latifi, and also even lost to Old Man Shogun after he fucked up his leg. So um, he's opening up with the main card, though. He took a couple of years off. He's he's trained. He returned to the knockout winner by Ike Villanueva earlier this year, which is savage. He's young on Harriet Hunsucker, who is a heavyweight, who, um, he's a heavyweight. 
Uh, I'm he really, cut, he's, I, cutting, he's cutting down, though, because I'm looking yeah. at it, Josh. For the no, Tulu Vasa fight, he weighed in at 249, and then for his last fight, he weighed 238. So it seems like it was, this was kind of a plan for him. Correct. I, but I just didn't know how to put this, because this fight's about the closest thing to a squash match that you see is... You know how like hey bet you never know Harry Hudsucker at two hundred five might be a different beast than at at a heavyweight. He might, and I will give him credit. All of his fights have been pretty entertaining. I don't think he's had a single fight. Look at his topology. He's not had a single fight go to the scorecard, win or loss. So I don't doubt that it'll be entertaining. But I am going to take Tyson Bader here. I'm still on the Tyson Bader hype train. He's only thirty. I think he's. I think he's still really really good. If he can stay healthy, he'll be a bad man. What do you think? I mean, yeah, I, I fucking think Tyson Pedro's going to get it done again, man. I mean, if if anything from what we saw last time out, I think he should get it done. Uh, I, just, I just felt like I had to ask. It seems like you were, you were defending your boy Harry, so I just want to make sure we were on the same But I'm just saying, you know, we got, <laughs> we got we to credit these guys. You know, we can't talk them down. You know, I had this conversation no, no. with you before. No, no, I agree. But I just, this, this kind of feels like a, a a glorified squash match. It feels like the UC is pretty clearly... I mean, you, you kind of see no. they're trying to set up Tyson Pedro, but I, you never know. Harry Hunsucker might come in and do some shit, dude, because like I said, it seemed like he had already kind of planned out to kind of go down and wait. So I wonder if he sees something or he feels like this is a good move. True, and I do think if you're coming down to 205, this is a matchup that you probably look for. Tyson Pedro, like he beat Ike Villanueva, but Ike is a... I like Ike a lot, but he's he's... A brawler. He's not very technical. He's been finished a lot. So if you're Harry Hunsucker, you might as well go for the guy who has a high name value, but we haven't really seen him tested in years. So um, I could see him maybe doing something. He hits hard. Maybe the cut goes well, but I'm going to take Tyson Pedro. Uh, as far as the prelims go, might as well go one down because we were just talking about this fight. Marching Tybora, Alexander Romanov. This is a great matchup, dude. I'm very excited for this one. I think this is the one that's going to tell us a lot about Alexander Romanov. Like, I think he's the real deal, but we're going to learn a lot. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're, let's as we've seen, if you're kind of, if you want to be a top 10 guy, you need to beat Marcin Tybura. You know what I mean? He's kind of been one of those guys who's just been just outside of it, but good enough to stay in the top 15, but really struggling to get in the top 10, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or like that, that like higher echelon of heavyweight, you know, no disrespect to him, right? He's lost to a lot of the, the better guys, you know, uh, and even then, like, and, and then some guys have been struggling as of lately now, like Sakai and Shamil, you know, and, and now our boy Derek Lewis. But uh, Romanov, man, I mean, has to be the best record for a heavyweight in all of MMA, regardless of fucking uh, of uh, promotion, right? 16 and all. I mean, it's and a, let alone a heavyweight, Josh, you know what I mean? And where it's so hard to one, get fights and and two, obviously, uh, not get hurt. Right. Mm. But uh we see, man, with these guys who are bigger guys who have this this ground capability, and especially him who has a a a, 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 a like fucking uh, like uh, ground based uh, fights. It, it's hard for because you know these big guys don't want to train on the ground, dude. They don't want to be uh you know uh, wrestling and shit and getting tired and and being out of breath. But for Robinson, man, he's invested into that. And as we and as we've seen over the years, you know, guys who have this this capability, a heavyweight, tend to be a fucking problem. And that's why he's sixteen and zero. And uh, against a guy like Marcin Tybura, I mean, I know we're not giving picks, man, but if we were, I would have chosen Romanov myself. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I'm really disappointed that this one is not on the main card because I really do think that, like, he is a – I don't know if he's, like, the future of heavyweight, but god damn it, dude. Like, this guy's an undefeated monster. He has a unique style. He's a great wrestler. 
And he's not even just like one of those wrestlers who like, you know, we have a couple of heavyweight wrestlers who just kind of lean on guys. I'm seeing Romanov goes out there and tosses you on your fucking head, dude. Like he's a very entertaining guy and I'm very disappointed he got bumped to the prelims, but yeah, uh, yeah, man. yeah and I, I expect him to beat Tybor. If he doesn't, I'd be surprised, but. Uh, uh, you never know, man. Tybor had a little run there until he ran into Volkov. Shout out Volkov. True. Tybor is very, very good. He's one of those guys that doesn't really get the respect he deserves. But at the same time, I, I mean, I'm just so high on Romanov. It's, more, it's not really much of a disrespect thing. I'm just super high on Romanov. But. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think anybody would disagree with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, which fights are you most looking forward to? Oh, man, dude. I, I always got to shout out this guy, man. Ever saw him on the Contender Series. He's put on some good fights, man. Luis Saldana versus Sean Woodson, which should be a fucking banger. Sean Woodson's a good guy himself. Uh, I'm curious to see that. That's on the prelims. Uh, that's one of the main ones I'm looking forward to. On top of that, Amir Alabizi, man. Been a little while since you see it. Last time, I think we saw him on that Connor card, which was like, oh, what is that? Like a, a, a fucking a year ago, the first time around on a, oh, yeah. the first Poirier fight or the second Poirier fight. He had a hell of a hell of a performance versus Zalagaz Zumugolov, dude. And ever since then, man, I was just like, I have I'm invested in this kid. Fourteen and one, nice record. Been over a year now at this point since we've seen him. I'm curious to see how he does it against Francisco Figueroa, which I think he he shouldn't have too much trouble. But you never know, man. It's MMA. True. And I think that um, Amir Albazi, dude, I'm very, I'm very happy that you gave him a shout. He's one of those guys that, like, there are a couple of guys at Flyweight right now that are kind of younger, who I feel like maybe not really the tides turned to me. There's a couple of young guys at Flyweight who I feel like don't get as much attention to this, as much as they deserve anyway. And he's one of those guys, only 28 years old, um, gotten two wins in the UFC. I'm a little bit confused as to why he took so much time off. Um, apparently he's had a couple of fights that were scrapped. But, yeah, man, I'm happy he's back. And Francisco Figueroa, he's not as good as Davison, but very good guy on his own right. Had some solid wins in the UFC. So this one should be a banger. And that's on the early, early prelims. Um, also set for this card, uh, Leonardo Santos, the oldest lightweight uh, in the UFC, I believe, uh, 42 years young. Um, he's coming off that insane fight with Clay Guida. Uh, he's going to be taking on our boy Jared Gordon. Nice story on an on a I was about to say on a nice winning streak. Prior to his loss, he had a nice winning streak. He is coming off a loss to Grant Dawson in April, but that was a good fight. Um also on the prelims, Miranda Maverick returning against Shanna Young. Um super high on Maverick. This kind of feels like a fight that they're trying to give her a win in. I've watched a fair bit of Shanna Young well because she all she also comes from Revicta. Um, she's not very great, but we'll see what happens, see if she can make some moves happen. But I'm still very high on Miranda Maverick, only 25 years old, out of Missouri. Um, she's very, very good. Her and Aaron Blanchfield, both like the top two prospects for me at women's 125. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for her return. Uh, but, yeah, man, this is a solid card. I, I think the structure of it's a little bit strange, but, um, yeah, man, solid card. Very, very excited for it. But, Angel, that's not the only combat this weekend, and... By a long shot, actually. Normally when I say that, we have, like, Bellator or some shit to talk about. Um, but, dude, we have a huge boxing match and also a huge bare-knuckle boxing match going down. So we'll hit yeah, the actual sure. boxing match first. Um, Alexander Usyk, Anthony Joshua, going to rematch for the first time since their fight back in September 2021. Almost a year later, they're here to run it back at Genesis Saudi Arabia from the King Abdullah Sports City Stadium. 
uh, the WBA, IBF, WBO, IBO, The Ring, WTF. Uh, I don't, I can't do your thing, Angel, but all the titles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> all the titles, with the exception of the WBC, which, fuck, by the end of the week, it could be on there as well, considering they said they were thinking about stripping uh, Tyson because he retired again. Um, but yeah, man, high stakes in this one. Very exciting fight. Usyk coming into this one after his time in the military. Joshua took a long time off because he changed trainers. Look, man, this fight is about as good as it gets in the heavyweight division. A lot of a lot of history going on here. What do you think, man? Who do you got? I mean, Josh. I mean, Anthony Joshua is a hundred percent in rematches. That's <laughs> no, kidding. Oh God. But no, no, no. no. All, all jokes aside. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, oh man, uh, I, I, I should have gone re back and, and rewatched that Joshua and Usyk fight the first time or, or not the first time around, but when the first fight, whenever it happened, because, uh, I'm curious to see what he does this time that's different, man, because against Andy, we saw, you know, he obviously came in big and strong and, you know, he thought he was going to walk over this kid and, and then the second time around, he came in, you know, cut, lean, super mobile, you know, kind of, uh, that traditional, more Olympic style of boxing that that uh, that uh, would help him, you know, get to victory, which wasn't maybe the most exciting, but was helping him get the win, you know, and and, and end up going in his favor, right? He did did we had to do for Joshua, man? This time around, I'm curious what he does that's different for Usyk, man, because Usyk put a beating on this boy, man, and it wasn't it wasn't quick. It took rounds, man. It took a little while to get there, and. uh and it seemed like uh, Usyk was just waiting to get the finish there near the end, and uh, he did it. But he wasn't far from it, dude. I mean, and we see Joshua been tagged. We seen him. We seen the chin being cracked. I mean, Usyk has already gone up against him once, and I saw man, he's, he's looking a little bit thicker, man. He put on a little weight. I'm sure maybe during his military time he was, uh, you know, enjoying uh, some extra little meals, you know, because he only weighed in at like 221 uh, is a uh, first heavyweight bout. Against Joshua this time around, I'm I'm not sure how much he's gonna weigh in at. We don't know yet, right? The weigh-ins don't happen until uh, Friday, right? Yeah. So there's a uh, there's questions there. We'll find out soon about that. And uh, I- I'm a pick Usyk man. I think he's gonna get it done again, and I think he might actually beat AJ quicker this time. Really? Can he get the finish? Yeah. I think he could get the finish this time. I mean, he wasn't far off from it last time, and he, I don't think he'll be far off from it this time. Mm-hmm. This yeah, is a seasoned war vet Usyk now, Josh. That's scary. You thought j- post-jail Mike Tyson was scary? We got post-war Alexander Usyk. Yeah, and I mean, and even jokes aside, too, like he went ahead and uh, lobbied for the fight to be – it's going to air free in the Ukraine. By the way, what a fucking homie. Like that is that is, that is is amazing. I saw that news on Twitter. That is uh, – that's incredible that the people are going to get to – you know, and during this time, get get to see that, and you know, get to escape reality for a little bit. You know what I mean? Exactly. And Usyk, look, man, there. The AJ, AJ went ahead and said, and that like, you know, he gave a lot of excuses in this one, and like he he didn't really. He said a lot of things, and for me, that that really makes me wonder because like, until you admit fault. I don't think you're going to – because it's not like a, a Ruiz situation, right? Because Ruiz, he was winning that fight, and then he got caught going for the finish, and he was never able to recover. Usyk wore him down over the course of rounds. He just outboxed him easily. Even whenever AJ landed, it didn't have a huge effect. 
You know, he wore him down over the course of the round, and he nearly got a finish. He beat the shit out of him in the late round. So this one, I understand that he changed trainers, but, like, he said, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to gun for the finish this time, and, well, you know, I gassed out. He said a bunch of stuff, man, and um, I, I don't think that, like, the issue is not you going for a finish because, like, you, it looked like anything to Joshua normally in the first time around. He did not do anything different in that first fight. That was like, oh, shit, Joshua's having an off night. I was just like, oh, damn, Usyk came to fucking play. And I think he's going to come to play even better in the second time around. He put, on, he put on more weight. He looks like he's in great shape. He's fighting for an entire country. Like, that's a lot of pressure. But with a guy like Usyk, he's going to use that to his advantage. Like, he's going to fight, like, until – he's going to fight until he dies. Like, that, cause that's literally, like – what he was doing before he took this fight. Like, that sh- this shit is child's play to what he's doing before. So, um, and it's something he even said, too. Like, right after this fight, he got announced, he's like, guys, like, I was just, I was just in Kiev. Like, like this is, this is literally child's play. So, I'm going to take Usyk, man. I'm going to agree. I think he gets the finish, too. I, I'm, I think Alexander Usyk is a generational talent that we got to appreciate while he's here. Um, even just beyond the storyline shit of, like, you know, Talking about Ukraine, like he's he's that good, and we saw him this last fight. I think he does it here too. Um, I think he's going to beat him, but that's not the only fight going down this weekend. But you got a BF BKFC card. We're even talking about BKFC in a fat minute, but um, Michael Venom Page is coming over from Bellator. This is one of their biggest cards. It feels like like in a long time. MVP coming on over from Bellator. He's going to fight Mike Platinum. Perry, this one really flew under the radar for me, but now I'm starting Let's to go, it. champ. Yes. Let's go, champ. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of ads for it now, but I feel like they're starting to kick up the promotion, the promotional stuff. Uh, Paige Van Zandt was supposed to be on this card, but that, it got moved yesterday. I don't know why, but yeah, man, MVP Mike versus Mike Perry. What do you think about this one? I'm excited, man. Mike has found a lot of success uh, post-UFC, man. Not, uh, not doing MMA. Uh, he did the triad combat thing. He had his bout against Julia Lane, which was a fucking banger. And he seems very focused, very motivated. I, I saw him on Theo Vaughn talking about just like, he's like, I learned so much from the, from the first uh, BKFC. He's like, and he was talking about, he's like, I want to make what UFC is, but for B, I want to do that for BKFC. You know, he's mm-hmm. like, I want to have that level of uh, quality and, and professional, of the, uh, you know, professionality of the sport, you know? And he's like, I think that there's a lot that could be done here. And he was talking about uh, just uh, a lot of things he even learned during training camp. He's like, because obviously no one's going to want to spar barehanded. You know, he's like, I had to learn a lot of that Julian Lane fight, actually being in there and, and, and punching with just my fist. He's like, I learned a lot about how I'm supposed to punch and then how I'm supposed to take care of my hands leading up to the fight and all that. And uh, that's a lot, man, to say, you know, for someone and for MVP who's coming over from MMA, right? into bkfc because we've seen even seen boxers dude who come over to bkfc and haven't found the same success right because it's its own thing dude there's the clinch there's the obviously the 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 the, the action it stays very active the rounds i mean uh are short and you don't have a lot of time to to, to recover in between and then it's go 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 you know and you're fighting in the clinch you know you're punching he's holding you you know you're punching in the clinch you're punching out of the clinch you know and uh you're getting bloodied up. Your hand might break mid, you know, mid round, you know, and you you still got to go for MVP, man. I'm curious to see how he deals with all of that because this is his first bare knuckle bout, I'm assuming, right? If he's unless he did something privately that we never know about, but as, as far as public record, we don't know that MVP's done anything like this. Obviously, he's had the the the, the karate uh, things that he's done. Obviously, uh, 
some other, I mean, he's done what, kickboxing, right? Some boxing, I believe, right? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, this is the first time he's been BKFC. I'm, I'm so uh, thrown off why he's doing this, Josh. I guess he just wanted a different change of pace since the Logan Storler thing. Maybe he wants to get some confidence in his hands. I think a lot of people are writing off uh, Mike and thinking MVP's just going to come here and run him over. I think Mike's actually going to come out here and show, you know, some heart. I think, if anything, it's just, it just depends how uh, if MVP actually shows a, a different kind of style in BKFC, you know. With obviously the experience it has and his range and his reach, maybe he's going to give us a, you know, a new look. So, I mean, I think that's another factor and another interesting thing that MVP might show us going into this bout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that um, Mike's just going to get run over. I think that, like, if it's for MMA, sure, MVP's that accurate. And even just normal boxing or, in fact, anything other than bare knuckle, I'd 100% pick MVP to win without a doubt. But the fact that it is bare knuckle... Makes it interesting. Mike Perry has the experience of fighting bare knuckle. Um, he knows the rules. He knows what it's like. Obviously, it's going to be a home game for MVP, which helps him. But but for Mike, uh, dude, I'm, if, if he yeah. gets it going, though, you know. <laughs> Anything can happen, dude. He looked really, really good. I understand he's fighting Julian Lane last time, who he's not very good in bare knuckle. But um, look, man, he has the experience. Like, if you put a gun to my head, I understand that we're not doing picks for this, but if you put a gun to my head, I'd probably pick MVP. But, like, is it? I think it's a closer matchup than a lot of people think, man. I mean, the reality is that like it doesn't matter how good of a pure boxer, good striker you are, fighting bare knuckle, you have to do so much different. Like you really, really do. Like, I mean, the best example that I can use is whenever Paulie Paul Malnagy lost to Artem Artem Lobov. Like, Artem had the experience. He knew what it's like. He knew that you can't throw full speed at a dude's chin for five rounds because you're gonna break your fucking hand. You have to throw in a lot of body work. You have to yeah, use the clinch. You had to have to do this and this and that, um, which MVP, I'm sure he's trained, but there's only so much you can train for when it's bare knuckle. So it's an interesting matchup, man. I know that I'm going to be watching. I'm very excited for this one. Um, you know, and, and the way punches get through, too, do you know what I mean? MVP can't have that, uh, you know, boxing guard, you know, can't have yeah, the hands exactly. up like that. Exactly. So this one's very, very interesting to me, and I hope that it uh, it does well, you know. I think it will, dude. I think, I mean, it's, it's the main event that's kind of like going to carry the card, right? No, no disrespect to the other guys. I mean, and even then, bare knuckle, if you watch it, dude, and you don't know the guys, there are some fucking bangers they put on, dude. Like those guys are something else, dude. And I mean, I hope they're getting paid well, especially since they're going overseas for the guys who are coming over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And it could, um, you know, it'll, It'll be fun, and we'll see what happens. But I am, uh, I'm definitely not counting on an instant, because I see a lot of people just discounting Mike Perry. Mike Perry's actually, if you've watched him, because I feel like not a whole lot of people outside of us have kind of, like, watched his journey since he's left the UFC. He seems to have gotten his shit together, at least more so, you know? Like, he he also is, like, training competently, and he's doing, I don't say he's being smart, but, you know, he's he's gotten his shit together. And I think a focus Mike Perry is a very good guy. People forget he beat Paul Felder. He beat a lot of good guys in the UFC whenever, before he had, like, his kind of mental breakdown and stopped training and shit, so... Um, we'll see what happens though. It, it's going to be a fun fight though. I'm very excited for it. But Angel, we have a shit ton of news to talk about, dude. Like, <laughs> uh, we're filming this podcast. You guys don't know, normally film like early in the week, Monday or Tuesday. We're filming on like a Wednesday. So there's been more news than normal. Um, but dude, we got to hit it off straight off of the top with a couple of retirements. We'll start off in the PFL. Roy McDonald, who obviously he was, he was fighting in the PFL. He's facing this kid who came in. I understand he's like an alternate. So he's probably in training anyway. Um, but he's not supposed to fight this kid. He came in on, like, the week of the fight. He's fighting Delano Taylor, who I believe is 9-2 in the welterweight semifinals of this year's PFL. He got knocked out badly. 
And that was his fourth loss in his last fifth fights. Granted, one of those is a really bad decision to place a T-Bow, but still. Um, and afterwards, his, his wife went ahead and alluded to him hanging out the gloves, and he made a post himself confirmed that he's going to retire. Um, former UFC title challenger, former Bellator champion, in my opinion, the second greatest Canadian to ever step into the cage. What it, what what are your thoughts on Warren McDonald signing to hang it up now? What's your favorite moment from his career? I mean, it was time, man. It was time. We 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 uh we kind of knew, dude, with all the damage taken over the years, that this was going to happen at some point. And uh, fuck, man, it was devastating to see him lose a guy who came in on short notice, had to fly to England, make weight, and uh, and for it to go down like that, man, it was just not it. It was just not it. It was very sad, man. It was one of the saddest moments ever. I told you, dude, I, I got I got to our friend's house. I turned on the TV right before the UFC starts. PFL was still going because it was obviously in England or in, in Europe. I can't remember. And uh, I get it on. Roy McDonald is just about to walk out. Fight starts, and, you know, it's going. And then Roy's just getting touched, touch, touch, and then he gets put out, man. And I was like, fuck. I, I was like, I think I even thought at the moment, I'm like, I think that's that's it, man, you know? He had lost before, you know, in the PFL. They weren't too bad. He had gone in control. He had lost some decisions. His Sadiq Sioux fight was, uh, you know, to me, I was like, damn, I, 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 I was really confused about that. I did not expect Sadiq Sioux to have that kind of performance at the time against him. And, uh, yeah, no, uh, it was, uh, it was coming. And as far as memory, man, I was kind of talking to you about this because it was actually, a, I thought this was very cool to look back at. And it's the only one you could find early on, but it's, uh, it's February 11 in 2006. A 16-year-old kid walks into your arena, king of the cage, across from a one Ken Tran, who at the time must have been around 20, 20 years old, 23 years old. And this 16-year-old kid who, you know, kind of scrawny, doesn't look like he has, you, you don't, you don't know what he's doing there. You're, you're kind of wondering is he the alternate or not. Walks in and chokes out this guy in the first round with a rear naked choke. And that kid's name was Roy McDonald and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, just an insane story, and I and even like whenever he was on, on the rise, and whenever he came to the USC, he he debuted and instantly got thrown against Carlos Condit. Whenever he would have been like how twenty one, like insane to think about, and insane to think about the success that he had. Like he was a king of the cage champion whenever he was a teenager. Like he he beat BJ Penn with the goats. Like, battered him, by the way. Terrible beating in that one. Whenever he was in his early 20s. Um, that fight with, with Robbie, dude. Like, there's so many good memories about Rory. And it's kind of crazy to think about, like, his UFC stint. Think about this. Think about all the memorable moments with Rory. His, his huge win, his debut, which was insane. Um, his, his war with Condit, where he lost in, like, the final seconds. You know, him dominating Nate, beating the shit out, beating the shit out BJ Penn. Beating Damian Maya Woodley, all that happened within the span of five years. Like he was only in the UFC from 2010 to 2015. Yeah, that's kind of crazy to think about the massive impact that he had on on the organization and on kind of Canadian MMA just in that small time. Um, he left there. Obviously, he went to Bellator. He won the title. Um, and I part of me wonders if, uh, him going, obviously he beat Lima and then he decided to go up and wait and challenge for double champ status against Musasi. Part of me wonders, man, 
how much damage that did because he got the shit kicked out of him by Musasi, man. Like, that was a really, really tough fight to watch. Um, and since then, he's never really the same. Obviously, he picked up other wins. He, he beat Bet- Brett Cooper. He beat Curtis Miller. He beat Neiman Gracie. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, overall, as far as the career goes, just as good as it gets, man. Couldn't be happier. Um, I'm happy he's calling it quits now. He is. Only 33, but he's leaving with a decent amount of health. He's, he's, he's leaving on his own feet. He's still able to help, you know, hold his head high. Like he's still, even though he lost on Saturday, the fact that he made it to the semifinals was still good in his own right, you know? Um, he's, he's damn good. He's damn good. So, uh, Rui Donald congrats on an amazing career, but he's not the only one who called the quits. Obviously, we already talked about Nina Nunes as well, but look, man, Uriah Hall. Um, he, you don't think about being as old as he is, but he's, he's 38 years old. Um, he decided to call it quits as well. Um, a guy that came off that, that tough season where he just looks like he was the future. Like he looked like he was, I mean, three insane knockouts in the tough ass. And then he had a war with Kelvin Gaston, even though he didn't win. That was such an insane fight. And he, he was in the promotion for nearly a decade, man. Uriah Hall was so close to putting it together, and there were times where it looked like, oh, shit, this dude's going to go win the title, you know what I mean? But he just couldn't get it done. But even then, still a great career. He was in a, he was a top 10 guy for a fair bit. What do you think about Uriah Hall decided to call quits? I mean, it makes sense, man. He he was struggling to get the wins. It just wasn't clicking anymore. I thought he had one little last run on him, and... Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. I think for him, it, there, there was always a, something being held back a little bit. We don't know what it was, but he was capable of beating good guys, man. He, at the time, you know, we talked about this. This was a guy who we thought was like, uh, you, you said it way back when he was being compared to Anderson Silva, dude, at the time. Some crazy shit like that, you know? And, uh, sadly, man, it just, it never fully clicked, man. It never fully clicked, but he beat some good guys in his career. He got some sick finishes. And he tried to make one little last run at it there. He had a, he hurt Paulo, dude, and it, and it seemed like he might have potentially got something rolling there, but he came back after that, got three in a row. Obviously the Weidman, you know, leg break, you know, obviously not, not necessarily the way he wanted to win, but that's how life goes. And after his last fight with Muniz, I guess he realized, you know something? I think it's time. And that's perfectly understandable. Of course. And, um, honestly, it is probably a good time to call it quits because, it looked like he was making a run in like 2018 to 2020. He beat Bevan Lewis, you know, Antonio Carlos Jr., Anderson Silva, Chris White. Even before that, he knocked out Jotko and nearly beat Costa. And then he got that Sean Strickland fight, and he just got really badly beat up in it. And then he faced Muniz, which is a terrible stylistic matchup for him, and he lost there too. Um, approaching his late 30s, it makes sense, but dude, still just a just an absolute monster, man. Like he was—he's not an easy out for anybody on any given night. Um, I mean, for my for my money, everybody talks about like the spinning back kick is like the greatest moment of his career or his tough run. For me, it was the Musasi knockout, man. Um, I understand that, like, so, uh, even Musasi tried to describe. He said it's like, oh, it was a fluke, you know. The best fighters always win. That's the only time Gagger Musasi has fought fifty-nine times, not including kickboxing. <laughs> That's the, only, <laughs> that's the only time that Gegard Mousasi's been finished. Think about that. And it was a flying knee after a spinning back kick. So, yeah, dude, that's my favorite Uriah Hall moment. Um, honor, like, you know, 
honorable mention, the Anderson Silva knockout. Um, Anderson decided to retire and him fighting Uriah, which felt right, considering that's such a, uh, a close style. And I, and I like, I have a close attachment to that one because that was one of the first UC cards I watched in my new apartment, you know, so that was like, that was, that was an honorable mention for me. That, that was an awesome moment. And seeing him being the guy that gets to retire Anderson MMA was dope. Although Anderson's gone on to box, box and shit, but. And killed it. And killed it, baby. <laughs> yeah, but you get my point. Um, yeah, man, just in it. Just a, a great career for both of those guys. You know, couldn't be happier. But as far as guys who were, uh, not retiring, but making some big career moves. Shane Burgos. We just talked about him because he just fought, I believe, on USC Long Island. Like three um, weeks ago, two weeks ago? I can't even remember now. Yeah, I mean, just uh, it was July 16th, so four weeks ago. Um, yep. Been a USC staple since 2016. Been one of the most entertaining guys in the USC. Only losses to Edson Barboza, Josh Emmett, and Calvin Cater. And one of those fights with the Josh Emmett one was really, really close. Um, he's leaving. He's leaving to the PFL. He said after his last win, like, you know what? I I, uh, I think that it's time for me to go ahead and bet on myself, and I'd, I'd be doing my family a disservice if I don't go see what's out there. And the PFL decided to offer him a big deal, and even Dana White said, you know, last night, he's like, yeah, we fucked up on this one. What do you think about Shane Burgos decided to leave the UFC? I mean, get your money, bro. And I, I think even the UFC told him to go look at offers, right? Because obviously... Uh, I think I, I think one of the guys told me, "Hey, like, go look, you know, go see what you can get." And uh, apparently, it was a quantity of money that was so much that he couldn't refuse, and so much that the UFC didn't want to match. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, they, I think, he, I think even on the MMA Hour, they they, they turned out to him and asked him, "Hey, is it going to be more than what you made in a few UFC fights or in your first UFC fights?" He's like, "Oh yeah." So. I mean, that's, uh, that's amazing, man. You want to make your money. And obviously for the sport, it's good, man. And for the PFL, it's great. I mean, they got another guy, especially, and I think they're getting a guy at the right time in his career too, to come into the PFL so he could do some stuff for them. You know what I mean? Because they've, they've gotten some, you know, some good names, but guys who are past their prime, like they went ahead and got, um, Pettis, who's past his best. They went out and got Verdum, who only fought once for them, I believe. Like, uh huh. They've had a couple of guys who were, you know, past their best days, and this is a this is a guy that's in his prime right now. He he's leaving the UFC on a two fight win streak. He's still very very good. He's only thirty one, and uh, this is this is something that makes a lot of sense. And he's going into like that kind of I believe he fights at one forty five. There's a lot of guys that around that one forty five one fifty five area. They're like there's some. Bangers that Shane Burgos can have over there in PFL, man. He said so. he's gonna probably move to 155 because of the oh, uh, dude, dude, yeah. just, just, just imagine your head age. Just, just imagine. Clay Collard, Collard and Shane, Shane Burgos. Clay Collard, Shane Burgos. Already, yeah. Jeremy Stevens, Shane Burgos. Yup. Anthony Pettis, Shane Burgos. All bangers, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is an unlimited amount of good fights but, that you can do. But, I mean, th- like you said, they, they haven't gotten the guys in the prime, but you got to think about the guys they have. Chris Wade, Bubba Jenkins, uh, Rob Wilkinson, which is one who doesn't get a lot of mention, dude. Sure, yeah. Uh, and he's he's about to be in the – he's in the finals. You know, he might win this shit, you know. And yeah, he's getting he finishes. He's been an exciting guy for them. Uh, So they, they, they're they – uh, you know, it's funny. I heard someone talk about it. It's like, dude – 
PFL might have or is not far from taking over Bellator a little bit. No, they're not as far a, off at all. As no. a second promotion, yep. I don't, and I'll tell you this, Josh. If they were to change their format too one day, it wouldn't take a lot, especially because they're on ESPN. No, I agree. And also, I can tell that PFL, PFL's making some huge moves. They're starting to focus on Europe more. And also, they are deciding to go ahead and um, they're going to open up that pay-per-view division, which is like they just want to have huge cards with no mm-hmm. real, like, attachment to the tournaments, yep. which I think is – I don't know how smart that is, but I think it can work out well, depending on if they have the right names and the right matchups. And I think Shane Burgos could be a really good guy for that, honestly, you yeah. know? And they've done um, a lot of things right, man. They're they're doing a lot of things right, and they've done a lot of things wrong too. Don't get it wrong, right? But that's how that's how this uh, fight promotion thing is. You know, you think about it, how how long it took the UFC to get to where they're at now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There's there's going to be trial and error in PFL. I mean, obviously they changed their name. They used to be World Series Fight, but they've been around. They've been around in the game for a minute, man. But I feel like they're really starting to gain traction now. And uh, and a signing like Shane Burgos is huge. So. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, man, very, very excited for that one, and I'm happy that he's getting paid. But um, a guy who's making a return, which I kind of want to briefly talk about this one, because like I feel like it's a rare time that I've seen a guy make the right decision. Um, yeah, Dom Reyes, been out since, I believe, January or February of 2021, and knockout lost to Yuri uh, Prolashka. He's technically lost three in a row. I have to say technically, because, come on. Um, <laughs> but he would have had... He lost uh he lost a yawn. Um part of that is coming off a win over John Jones, but uh he just after two bad knockout losses, he's doing the rare thing that like I kinda just got I kinda wanna just praise it. That's the only real reason why I'm talking about it. Um he's gonna be returning at I believe MSG, and he's gonna be taking on Ryan Spann, who Ryan Spann at one point looked like a guy who might be like a future title challenger, future like top five guy. That has not turned out to be the case. He's not a bad guy by any means, but he's number 12 ranked. He's coming off a winner against Ian Kutelava, but he's got knocked out by Johnny Walker and Anthony Smith tooled him, like pieced him up back uh, last September. So, um, I mean, just what do you think about this matchup, man? It feels so rare to see a guy actually making the correct move and taking a step back. You know what I mean? He did all the right things. He took a very long time off after going through a lot of shit, right? I'm sure emotionally with losing the Jones fight, right? Which, it obviously, I'm sure he might have thought he won at the time. A lot of people said he thought he won at the time. Obviously, getting two very bad, you know, loss finishes. And then uh coming back to kind of the properly ranked guy to see where you're at again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And obviously, still a good test. For uh, his opponent, you know, it's it's fair for both guys as far as where they're at. One hundred percent. And I just wanna I just wanna praise this movement because I feel like this is kind of the fight that I'm really excited for because I think Dom Reyes, like because of all the craziness uh, that's going on with 205 pounds, um, and because he he has lost two in a row, it's like people forget just how good this motherfucker is, man. Like, and I think it's a perfect match for him to come back and. Hit, hit us with the Roy Jones, you almost forgot, you know what I mean? Um, I think he's very, very good, even though he has lost a couple of fights recently. Because it's not like he got two, I mean, I will say that that, that Jan fight is pretty one-sided, but the Yuri one, I mean, that he landed some huge shots, so, you know, I'm very excited for him to come back, and this is a good matchup, and I wish more fighters would take these types of matchups instead of just going in there and just getting wrecked over and over and over again, facing top five guys, you know, and just 
anyways, man, it's a smart, it's a smart fight. I'm, I'm happy to see it. But as far as next up on the news, uh, Sam Alvey, fan, friend of the show, we figured his UFC run was going to be over. Uh, but now we have confirmation. Uh, they officially went and told him that he's not going to be re-signed. Removed him from the website, all that stuff. Um, and he decided to make a, first of all, he decided to, well, not decided. He announced he's going to continue fighting. But he also decided to make a big move, Angel. He's calling out Jake Paul for a boxing <laughs> And I've seen a lot more, I've seen a lot of people actually receptive to the idea. Uh, do you have any interest in it? Sure, why not? I mean, he's a guy who's actually, Bigger than him, right? Around the same size and weight wise, it actually kind of finally makes sense. I mean, I guess if he really wants to do it, sure. Make your money, Sam. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Uh, make your money, Sam. Um, as far as like the matchup goes, I don't think it'd be very super competitive. Um, for, for Jake Paul, right, Josh? Yeah, for sure. Exactly. I think he, <laughs> Jake gets fucked up, you know what I mean? Uh, he just doesn't, <laughs> Sam's just in his prime right now, man. Uh, but, you know, look, man, I mean, we've talked about it before. I just kind of want to touch on it because it is kind of a big, it's kind of news I've seen people talking about. Sam Alvin, if he gets the fight, I don't think he will because I saw the Jake tease that he's going to fight a big name in October, and that can mean anybody, but I don't think Sam falls under the category of huge name. So yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. Do you think Jake's going to um, fight Anderson Silva finally? Oh, I hope so, man. I really, like, I don't I don't know, man. I actually don't know. I have no clue. Because I know the KSI fights there, which we'll talk about him in a minute. Jesus Christ. But yeah, the, the seat has been set finally after all these years. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. But, I mean, as far as who Jake's going to fight, man, there's a couple of options. I mean, we got Andrew Tate, who's everywhere. Um... Yeah, everybody knows him, dude. It's actually kind of wild. Yeah, I can't go anywhere without seeing some shit about Andrew Tate. But um, Logan said he wants to fight him, but, I mean, you know, I I think that's more likely that Jake does. Uh, Who else? Uh, Anderson Silva. Tommy Fumbles. Maybe. (laughs) I know they talked about that before, but that never ended up happening. Um, That That one didn't go as deep as the other ones, though. No, it didn't. Um, I think the idea of him fighting a real boxer is probably off the table, though. For a little bit. Yeah, because I don't know who else he could fight. Like, Ramen Jr. made sense because they had a history, but Ramen Jr., let's be honest, is probably going to fuck him up. Um, oh, so he kind of, and then has seemed kind of fucked himself over, too, a little bit. Yeah, and then the Tommy Fury thing, it's like they've canceled that one twice, and Tommy literally can't get into the U.S. right now, and he's not a big enough name to entice Jake to go over and fight him in the U.K. Yep. Um, so there's, like, a lot going against that one. So, and I don't know who else he could fight. Like, it, would he fight the guy that beat Asim? Would he fight Kenzie Morrison? Probably not. I'm you assuming know? that the Tate brother one's, like, a big push right now. More than, that's what I'm assuming. Because you got to think about it. It's all about clout for these guys, and Andrew Tate has a lot, a lot of traction right now. Yeah, he has a lot of hype and a lot of uh, stuff going on with him. <laughs> You know? Yep, a lot of attention. And he wanted, yeah. He said he's down. And that's a matchup that, like, Jake Paul could really win, too. Or like, lose. I mean, yeah, he can lose. But, like, as far as Andrew Tate goes, he hasn't fought in, like, how long? Uh, it's been a while. But he has a lot of experience, though. Like In kickboxing. <laughs> it's just true. Non-boxing. 
True, but the foundation of boxing is still there, obviously, but it, that's significantly more than what Jake has. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> just, just, I mean, uh, it, it's different, but there's still a lot, though. You know what I mean? If I mean, I will give him credit. He's an actual striker. And he's done, and I'm, and I'm sure he's had, and I'm pretty sure he's had some boxing bouts. I, I can't find anything. I looked him up on BoxRack and I couldn't find anything, so maybe, but I don't know. But, I mean, it's, it's a fight that most people watch, and it's also one that I think is very, very winnable for Jake. But, but like I said, but even then, Josh, there's a lot of guys who've done kickboxing and done boxing and found a lot of success, though. No, I'm not disputing that, but I'm saying those guys were in their prime. They're not 35 and have a, I mean, I don't know when the last time he fought. But even then, I still... It's been I a still, long time, though. True, but I still have a lot of faith in Andrew Tate, though, regardless. You know what I mean? It, it, you know, there, there's there's levels of shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I suppose, but uh, we'll see. I mean, obviously, we'd have to see to believe, right? But you never know. And even, and even then, we don't know if this is a set-in-stone shit. I mean, not even he, that. He has not fought in seven years. Well. So. Hey, we see longer layoffs and people come back, man. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Um... Anyways, man, uh, yeah, but it's, I, if I had to put money on somebody, I'd probably put money on, um... On Andrew Tate, right? <laughs> I'd, I'd put money on him fighting Andrew Tate. Just because, like, that's the one that's, like, it's, like, the easiest, I mean, he's... Easy Andrew sell. Tate's, like, a right around Jake's size, too, so it works out. He's, like, 6'1", 198, according to Wookie, which God knows if that's accurate, but... Right, how to get his weight, right? <laughs> the, only, the only issue, I, I guess, could be like, is he is he wanted for any shit in the U.S.? No, shouldn't be. Nah, that's what I didn't think so. I don't know that he's in the shit in Romania, but I don't, I don't know. But, anyways, man. Um, but just to kind of stay in this lane of YouTube boxing, because we did mention KSI. KSI is going to be fighting. Swarms on August 27th. We already talked about that. That that's much is not news. What is news is he's <laughs> he's going to be making a really bold move. Um, he said he wanted to make history, and KSI has turned his uh, L into a massive W because he's not going to be just be fighting swarms. No, ladies and gentlemen, he's going to be fighting Ivan Nikolov, who is just a journeyman boxer. He's like. 5 and 15, but regardless, he's going to be fighting him on the same night. He's going to be opening up the card against Swarms and then facing Ivan Nikolov in the main event. Angel, give me your first reaction of this. Look, it doesn't matter what level you're at. It's impressive they take two guys on in the same night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, I already have you seen the people that are like making fun of uh, Ivan Nikolov's record? Like, yeah, I, I I don't know what it is. What is it? It's like I don't know what off the top of my head. It's like it's like five and sixteen or something with like a draw. It's something pretty bad. It's pretty bad, but regardless, it's still impressive, dude. You go in there and take on two guys in the same night. He's, I love he's had, dude. That, that's exactly what I'm saying, though. Like he's had three. Boxing matches in his life, and now he's gonna have two in one night, and he hasn't boxed in three years. That's pretty that's, fucking great. It's pretty respectable, man. Yeah, I don't know how anybody could trash this move, but I mean, obviously people are. Uh, but that's insane to me, man. Um, and in case anybody's curious, I saw a lot of people were saying like, "How? Oh, it's an exhibition. Like this won't get past the commit." I already reached out, and I've already confirmed that these are both professional bouts. Um. 
So yeah, that that's let me let's dispel that right now. These are both professional contests. This is something that happens in the UK way more than the US. Um, these to be I, I, we talked about this like in the green room, but I believe they're called like the prize fighter tournaments or something. And they also have the Super 8 tournament as well. Like, this happens way more in the UK than people realize. Um, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Prize Fighter. That's what it used to be called. I believe they were promoted by Matchroom as well. Um, the Prize Fighter series. So, yeah, like, one-night tournaments aren't that crit. Yeah, it was actually promoted by Eddie Hearn's dad, Barry Hearn. So, That's um, yeah, and that happened not too long ago. People don't realize that this is not that out of the norm, but it is pretty crazy for somebody who's, like, only had, like, he had two amateur fights and one professional. He's going to fight twice in one night. That's pretty fucking crazy. Um, but, Angel, this, did this raise your uh, interest for August 27th? I just wanted to see if he could manage himself to go through both or if he's going to actually knock the fuck out of Swarms and then hope he knocks the fuck out of the next guy. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, man. Um, I'm, I'm way more interested in it than I originally was. Because, I mean, the Swarms fight, like, it, it's not a it's not a great contest. Let's let's call it for what it is. I mean, he swarms his had never had a boxing match. You know, we everybody knows the complaints. But like Ivan Nikolov, like this is a guy who's like a journeyman who he's not very good. But the fact that he's gonna fight him right after fighting another guy, it's pretty fucking crazy. Even though like he's not very good, it's like sometimes these journeymen do out, go out there and and beat guys. You know what I mean? They like. Fuck- they fucked up some good talent before too, dude. Like they they stopped some hype trains for guys and had to slow them down. Exactly. That's just like we just saw like uh who's Ricky Hatton's son? Campbell Hatton, I think. Yeah, like, he just lost to some guy. No, but he didn't. I think he he beat him, quote unquote. He but beat him, like, but but he it was a terrible decision. It, yeah, it was a terrible decision. He should have lost. Yeah. So like this shit happens, man, and. That could obviously conceivably happen to KSI, especially because like I'd pick him against this guy if he weren't just like not fighting twice in one night. Like, that's pretty fucking crazy, dude. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I will admit I am significantly more interested in the car than I was before. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's it takes some balls to go out there and try and fight twice in one night. So, anyways, man, any other thoughts on this before we close out or anything in general? Uh, no, man. I mean, I think we covered everything really well. It's a, it's a packed week of combat. Obviously, there's a lot of things to come because obviously we'll see the heavy, the state of the heavyweight division and boxing after this. We'll kind of see what's going on in bantamweight. Obviously, Kamaru has got a, you know, depending on how things go with Kamaru and Leon, obviously that's a big thing there too. But Romanov obviously entering the top 10, I believe he beats Tiber, or at least pushing into the top 10 almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, MVP and, uh, Mike Perry, right? Obviously that's going to be a big deal if, Mike wins right for uh, BKFC, especially since he signed to the promotion. Uh, and obviously just news that we're waiting to happen, too, because, I mean, we're hearing rumblings of Jones and Steve Bay potentially for December, you know? Uh, yeah. So there's there's a lot going on. You know, the, the, you're laughing, but you know what I mean. There's a lot of stuff going on in the background. No, I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> I don't. You know, you, know, you know my thoughts on John Jones. <laughs> you know the deal. Um but yeah, man, I mean, it is a jam-packed week in terms of combat sports. Like, there's, there's something for everybody. So, um, yeah, man, very, very exciting. And uh, as far as the show goes, hope you guys enjoyed. I'm at Josh Shivenoff. He's at AndrewTaker underscore 01. At Quartzite Sound for all things related to the show. Feel free to give us a subscribe on YouTube. Give us a ray on Apple and Spotify. We appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed. Peace.
and bug grease. Mouse clean. <laughs>